0: Hello, and welcome to the Zero to Hired podcast, the show that helps struggling job seekers find a career that's right for you. In every episode, we have one mission, to provide you with unique tips and strategies from leading
1: industry experts that will get you in front of hiring managers. Enjoy the show.
0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Zero to Hired podcast. My name is John Ribeiro and our special guest this week is Dean Kulawera. He's a senior IT recruiter and currently based out of Toronto, Canada. Dean has been working in the IT staffing industry exclusively for the past three years and prior to that worked in sales as well as he ran his own consulting business. Extremely passionate about educating job seekers about how to best conduct their job search, Gene is a strong believer in advocating for the job seeker to take more proactive approach in their search. And he is very active on social media where he shares regular content to help job seekers in their search. Welcome to the show, Dean.
2: Hey, John, thanks so much. Really excited to be here.
0: It's, uh, this is really interesting because I actually found you through Con and you know, we've got a common connection there, but I've also been following yeah. your content and your information on LinkedIn, which has been fantastic, very useful. So um, I'm really happy that we finally get to have you on the show and share your insights from an IT recruiter perspective on what people need to do to get into the IT industry in Toronto, which is pretty hot right now, I believe, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, again, really, really, really happy to be on your show. Uh, I've been following uh, you as well. And uh, I think what you and Connell are doing here is it's a great, great service to the job seeker community. So kudos to you guys. Thanks. So yeah, i really appreciate that. That's, that's
0: terrific. Thank you. Uh, so let's jump into this and I, and I want to start with the initial process, which is the resume and that's how everybody starts. Um, and I know I've asked other recruiters, you know, sometimes they take 10 to 15 seconds when they're scanning through a resume initially Yeah. as a recruiter in the it field, what are you looking for when you're looking at a resume for the first time?
2: Yeah. So basically, so since I recruit in it, John, as you said, uh, most of the, most of the time what I'm looking for really is, uh, First, I, you know, I have the understanding of what our client is looking for, and in most cases, if it, especially if it's a technical role, what I'm really looking for is uh, technologies and, and those certain keywords on the resume. Uh, secondly, definitely a good layout of the resume as well that's easy to read, and uh, I personally prefer more of a chronological layout from the most recent positions uh, and the, uh, to the past ones uh, prior to that, and uh, just, and 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 a good description of what was accomplished at each role, and that would include uh, what the company was, what the company does. Uh, what, would the, what was the specific project uh, they were working at uh, for that specific time period, as well as detailed information about what the individual uh, was doing in terms of responsibilities and tasks. Uh, but definitely another important aspect, John, I definitely would be uh, the mention of any, any metrics, any numbers mm-hmm. that show the results that they got for their, their recent or prior employers or or companies that they worked at. Uh, what I what you don't want to do as a job seeker is make your your resume read like a job description, right? So, uh, I, I try I definitely prefer resu- Definitely feel that resumes that are uh, more descriptive about what the person achieved and accomplished are definitely very effective, and and that's what I really look for in a resume. So this is
0: interesting because you talk about chronological, and I know, and I actually I want to touch on this for a second because sometimes there's gaps in resumes, especially as yeah. people are making transitions into Canada or there's life situations that occur. What do you think about or, you know, how should somebody address something? Because you talked about you'd like to see a chronological. When you see a gap, how do you want people to address that through their resume specifically?
2: Uh, Well, yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, it might depend on the situation. Uh, Usually, you know, some candidates, they actually mention uh, that they took a sabbatical during that period or that they were uh, studying or taking a course or some, some sort of uh, uh, self-improvement. Uh, but at, at the same time, you know, as a recruiter on the, on the staffing agency side, uh, our first, uh, I guess, course of action is to get candidates on the phone with us. So usually what happens is that uh, even though there might be gaps on the resume, we still do reach out to, a, to great candidates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, the candidate at their end needs to be prepared to explain what, 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 ha- what exactly happened during that time off from the market. Okay. So this, so, so
0: this is interesting. So you guys will even, you know, as a recruiter, um, you will even make a phone call with an incomplete resume in front of you. So if there's gaps or there's things missing. So what would initiate or what would cause you to want to call somebody, even if there's things missing? So what specifically is popping off that resume that speaks specifically to you wanting to, to initiate that call?
2: Yeah, another great question. So basically, I mean, it all comes down to, uh, John, like what our client is looking for in the ideal candidate and whether we see that reflected on, on this individual's resume. And it's actually a perfect example. I actually experienced this just, just today uh, where I had a candidate resume in front of me and the most recent position listed was from 2016. Oh. And, uh, regardless, I still picked up the phone, called the candidate and they actually were not off the market since 2016. It's just that they had by mistake send me an older version of their resume. Well, they've been working for the past couple of years as well. So uh, had I not called that person, you know, that might have been uh, a great candidate that I would have passed up on. Uh, So at least on the staffing side of the equation, definitely we still reach out to great candidates uh, that we come across. So this is really interesting. So so maybe just for the the sake of
0: our audience, what type of roles do you specifically hire for? Because IT is a pretty broad term and, there's a lot of things that you, can be IT related. Uh, so specifically, what are you looking for? Because for you to want to reach out to a candidate that has a, a gap from 2019, which is now to 2016, yeah. there had to be something sp- specifically there. So w- what kind of roles do you hire or look for specifically?
2: Yeah, so I personally recruit uh, for the contracts area. So, I mean, we look for everything from project managers and business analysts to really technical people. Uh, software developers, uh, web developers, service desk analysts on on the support and infrastructure side. So the whole gamut, like anything to do with IT, we pretty much cover. Okay, so so this is good. So it's
0: a broad range from project management to technical support to web development. Uh, From your experience, especially with, and I'm sure, you know, that you get a lot of resumes that are related to new Canadians, yeah. Um, how does some of the work translate from a place, say like India in Toronto or Canada, like what kind of things would you say are not 100% aligned or, you know, sometimes a job description in India might look the same as, as in Canada, but it's very different. So, so what are some of the obvious things that you've noticed from people who have resumes from outside of Canada?
2: Yeah. So that would probably be the, the layout of the resume, John, it might be different in, uh, in other countries. I know in certain countries they use like a table format. Uh, some countries people might put their uh, a lot of their personal private information as well. Mm-hmm. Candidates include their uh, uh, information about their family members, their passport numbers, their SIN number and all of that. So there are those types of differences, but from an actual career standpoint, I mean, I, I'm not sure about other industries, but at least in it, IT is pretty much the same no matter which part of the world you're from. If you're a Java developer over here, there's a, a coding in Java in India is no different than over here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, strictly from a resume standpoint, it's just those formatting differences that I, I mostly see. So this is good. I want to deep dive into
0: this a little bit. So yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of – so and that's from an experience. So like you said, Java is Java. And, you know, Oracle is Oracle. You know, yeah. there's, there's no uh, – there's no gray, it's black or white. Either you know it or you don't know, you yeah. don't know it. So, so I got a question around certifications because this is a big one for me, right? So, and I know uh, certifications in Canada do count. For those that are outside of Canada that have all the experience but not the certifications, how important is that to you and the, the people that you're hiring for?
2: Yeah, so for us, John, it, it does depend on our client's requirements. So uh, if a client tells us, hey, look, we need someone with an AWS certification, or let's say it's a project manager role, we're really looking for someone with a PMP certification, uh, then that's what we go on and look for. So in, in those scenarios, absolutely, those, those specific certifications would be something that we, we would screen for and actually looking for in candidates. And we, we, might, not, we might not present candidates that do not have those uh, certifications in those cases, unless it's an extremely stellar candidate with, who, who, who checks off all the other requirements for the role and we go back to the client and say, hey, look, they, they don't have the, the certification, but they check all the other boxes. So, uh, again, it does depend. Uh, again, we do receive our requirements and our, uh, all the criteria from our clients, and that's what we go out in the marketplace and look for. So, it does depend on, uh, again, what the client is looking for at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, no, so this is terrific. So, even without, and we get this quite a bit because you know, one of the questions is, well, I don't have certification, but I've got 10 years' experience doing this. Does it count? And from what I'm hearing from you, as long as all the other checks, you know, are checked off, you know, they got the right layout, they got the right information, they put in the data points regarding what they did specifically in the role yeah. to contribute to the success of the role and to the organization, then you would be inclined to, to, to move them forward to the next step because they've checked off all the other other pieces. So that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, and this gives a lot of hope, you know, because one of the things... That I see a lot of people come in with is I don't have the certifications, but I've got 20 years experience. And actually we did a podcast with a lady uh, who had cybersecurity experience in Brazil, but didn't have certification. And she found that she actually needed to get the certification here before she could actually apply to that space, to that mm-hmm. job market here in Canada. So, so this is really, really good. So you talked about, you know, you scan the resume, you, you see the information, you get them on the phone. Yeah. So when you're on the phone with them, what are you looking for specifically?
2: Yeah, so what I'm going over with candidates on the phone, John, is basically I have them run through their, their experience, right? So uh, now if, they're, if, if the role I'm working on, there are specific, extremely specific requirements that the client is looking for, I might give them a heads up and say, hey, look, I'm looking for XYZ. Uh, I did notice these things mentioned on your resume. So if you could run me through your resume... And highlight to me those aspects of, of what you were doing at each of those roles. That would be great. And, and kind of carry the conversation on from there, uh, uh, you know, in, in that manner. Okay. And, and so typically the
0: conversations that you have with these candidates on the phone, I, I, I'm assuming, I'm going to go with the assumption, they're, they're usually pretty brief, right? Because you're usually looking for something specific. You know, are they, you know, forthcoming with the experience that they have? Do they really know uh, the things that are written on the resume, and do they know the job description? Uh, so, you know, how can a candidate prepare for a phone interview? Because I'm sure it's one of those concerns. The conversation is going to be really brief. I got to bring my my A game to this call. Right. What are some of the things that they can do in preparation for the call?
2: Yeah. So, I, and, and before I get to that, John, I do want to give a heads up. Like when I'm on, when I am on the call with candidates, I also oh. do ensure that we discuss. What their career needs are and what they're looking for as well so the conversation is not necessarily brief it might go a bit longer if there's a good match there right uh-huh. and yeah. in terms of preparation I mean certainly certainly and this is something I advocate for a lot you have and like you said you have to be on your a-game and and, and the best suggestion I can give is refresh yourself on your resume like you need to be an expert on your resume your resume is not the end-all and be-all uh, uh, whatsoever but at the same time that is the piece of information that the recruiter or whoever whoever it is on the other line of the, on the outside of the phone has in front of them so if that's what they have to refer to you better be well prepared to discuss your resume so certainly be prepared to run a recruiter properly through your resume as well and yeah. so that's yeah so i'm i'm sure you've got some
0: some pretty interesting stories where you call people and you're having them go through the resume and they're like, what are you yeah. talking
2: about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right yeah. I mean, I mean basically, uh, and I've, I've written about that before in the past as well. You don't want to waste any time uh, on the phone with a recruiter or even with, uh, directly with a hiring manager, wasting any time trying to recall things that might be important for the role that they're calling you about. So it's always best to refresh yourself on your, on your past and recent projects and simply refresh yourself on your resume. I, I definitely recommend that.
0: So what's and this is maybe you want to speak to this just for a second, because I know a lot of people will be out there and they will apply to several jobs, you know, in a single go. They might spend a day and apply to 100 different roles. Um, What's your feeling around people who apply to multiple roles? So and when you call them, you know, the first question you'll ask them is, you know, I'm calling from such and such in this organization. You know, why did what's your feeling around people who don't know how to respond? to you specifically about the role that you're calling about?
2: Yeah, sure, so, I'm, uh, so given that uh, on the staffing agency perspective, I mean, we, we, we do cut candid- candidates some slack for that, uh, okay. because I understand a lot of candidates who might be actively looking, you know, they, they, obviously they might be applying for quite a few jobs, uh, so we don't really penalize them too much, uh, you know, much for that. I mean, it's just a matter of then reminding them on, uh, regarding which role that they applied to or which one that we reached out to them about. But in terms of, uh, like for candidates applying for a lot of roles, so what I would recommend is certainly uh, keep track of those roles that you're applying for. Uh, and if you're applying to a large number of roles, that might be a bit challenging to keep track of probably, even if you do keep track of it. Like how are you going to keep track of, uh, you know, when someone calls and they say, I'm calling from company XYZ, and you can't remember that because you don't have your spreadsheet or whatever it is in front of you, right? So uh, a good uh, a suggestion that I've heard from other people, is uh, to simply say, uh, you know, I'm in the middle of something right now. I can't speak. Uh, can I call you back or, or, or something of that sort? And then kind of uh, the candidate can kind of regroup, uh, check out what, which company they received the call from and then get back to them. So that's that's a terrific tip. If
0: you're, if you're in the middle of, you know, in, in, in most cases, if you're getting called out of the blue and it's not a prepared call, you know, yeah. there's most likely you don't have all that information in front of you. So actually postponing and returning the call is is a great idea. So thank you for that. So yeah. I'm we're we're gonna we're gonna sit we're gonna take a quick break here. Uh, just uh, you, you've given us some really good information around you know how to you know manage that phone call and actually how to prepare yourself. And when we get back from the break, we'll we'll dive in a little bit deeper, in specifically into the IT field and okay. the type of things that we're, you specifically
1: are looking for when you're hiring people. All right, sounds great.
0: Great. All right, we'll be
1: right back. Are you planning to move to Canada? and concerned about how you will find your first job, maybe you're already here and struggling to get that big break. As a newcomer to Canada myself, I knew the best time to be prepared for a job search is before I needed the job. My name is Connell Valentine and I'll be your online course instructor helping you get the job soon after and maybe even before you land in Canada. I'll be sharing my screen while helping you build your brand new Canadian resume that will delight recruiters. We will create a direct email marketing campaign to hiring managers that will make you stand out from your competition. We will then be doing a demo of a real online job application, showing you the precise steps you need to follow to quadruple your chances at getting the job interview. And finally, to get the inside info on the vast majority of the hidden job market, I'll show you how real networking is done in Canada. The average salary in Canada is well over $200 per day. Don't waste any more time and money being unemployed while trying to find the right way to job search. Get lifetime access to these courses at the link in the show notes below. At courses.zero to hired.com. Use it to get your first job fast and to get your promotional jobs in your future. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Zero to Hire podcast. And our special guest this week is
0: Dean Kilowera. And he's an IT recruiter with Robert Half. And he's giving us some insights into recruiting from an IT perspective. And when we left off, we talked about. Uh, how to, to effectively manage a phone interview, and some of the things that you can do to make sure that you're well prepared. So, Dean, so thank you for all of that. It, it's been fantastic. You've given us some really great information so far, and we want to deep dive now into the interview portion because I know as a recruiter, you're making sure that you're getting the right people lined up for the interview yeah. What are some of the things that you're looking for when you're recommending someone forward to, to an organization or a hiring manager?
2: Yeah, certainly, John. I mean, it, it, it does, does come down to uh, whether there's a match between what our client's requirements are, like what they're looking for in the ideal candidate, and how good of a match we feel uh, that is versus uh, you know, what the candidate brings to the table. And uh, not just simply that also, but also what the candidate's looking for from a career standpoint. Is, that, is this the right opportunity for the candidate? Uh, something that we don't do is push candidates or force candidates into opportunities that aren't, that aren't a match for what they're looking for, even though they might be the, the right fit or the perfect fit for what our client is looking for. So that balance definitely needs to be there, whereas uh, there's a mutual fit and, and, a, and a mutual match there for the opportunity. And it does come down to, uh, you know, te- obviously uh, in IT, a technical skill set, technical ability, uh, and also at the same time, uh, Soft skills as well, right? So, certain, can, certain clients might be looking for, uh, for certain soft skills as well in, in the ideal candidate. So,
0: this is good. So, soft skills is such a broad topic. And so, when yeah. it comes to IT and soft skills, what specifically, you know, what are, what are hiring managers in the IT field looking for specifically?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. So uh, it, it, again, it, it, it depends on the client, but uh, for example, let's say we have a client that's uh, that's, uh, that's kind of a startup. They have a nice fun environment there. They get their work done, but they need people, uh, but it's a very small group and uh, they, they go out a lot, they socialize. Uh, so they probably be looking for someone that, that's kind of the same uh, in terms of personality and, and cultural fit uh, from that aspect. So someone who's who's more uh, more of, uh, uh, you know, working in companies that are more corporate maybe and more formal uh, mm-hmm. might not necessarily be considered, uh, at least at the interview stage, you know, they meet with them and they kind of figure that, okay, this person, uh, you know, might not be the right fit for our culture, you know, that kind of thing.
0: So there, there is a big difference between, I guess, startups, which are smaller, uh, you know, they're not established organization. Yeah. Uh, you're going to go in, you're going to do more than what's on the job description. Because, you know, <laughs> <Absolutely. laughs> with startups, you are a master of like everything because you're doing yeah. a little bit of everything, right? Even though they're looking for an IT support person, they might be looking for a server person. They may be looking for <laughs> somebody that does exchange and like all these other things. Inside yeah. the firm. And I know with corporate, you know, it's very specialized, right? And actually, mm-hmm. I want to take a second here. So, there is a big difference, right? Because one is general and one is specific. When it comes to big corporates, what are, when it comes to experience or education, what's actually more important
2: between the two? Yeah, I mean, definitely at corporations, uh, especially larger companies, like you mentioned, usually the, the skill set or the ability of the individual is uh, highly specialized. So that's probably, probably what, in most cases, what I've seen is that's what they, they're really aiming for. And uh, I don't really see culture as, as that uh, heavy of, of, of a criterion, usually uh, you know, for larger, corpor- larger organizations. Uh, but that being said, some larger organizations, uh, if, if they're recruiting for a specific team, and that team might be operating within the organization, almost like a startup within the organization, then there might be a different team dynamic. So those, those scenarios also exist as well. So I guess it, it does depend on the organization, the team department and what they're looking to accomplish and the type of people that they're looking to get on. So the, so this is great. So, you, you know,
0: culture, culture is one of those questions that keep coming up for us over and over. And it's one of the questions that a lot of the people who listen to our podcast ask. Um, does, it, does it really matter when it comes to having Canadian experience? Because one of the things I hear from, from our, our, our listeners is, you know, I've been rejected from jobs because they keep telling me I don't have Canadian experience. Yeah. So can we just deep dive into that a little bit? Because I want to I want to make sure from a recruiter's perspective, does Canadian experience really matter?
2: Yeah. So so I mean, recruiting I'm recruiting myself in the IT in the IT industry, John. Uh, I mean that the Canadian experience thing it doesn't really mean anything because like I like I kind of mentioned before, if you're if you're a Java developer, you're developing in Java over in India, or China, or wherever it is, mm-hmm. it's going to be exact same over here. There's no no. As far as I know maybe uh, if I'm wrong you know anyone out there can correct me but uh, there's no difference with how it's being done over here and the same thing with other parts of IT as well whether that's infrastructure uh, ERPs or, or whatever the case is uh, so what I feel that when, pe- when people talk about Canadian experience what they're really thinking what they're really saying is do they fit into the local culture do they interact with other, are they going to interact with our team the, the, the way that individuals over here interact with each other or is it different the way that they interact with people uh, from from uh, whichever country they came from? Uh, is that going to affect things over here so i think I think that's what really they're speaking of when they're talking about Canadian experience at least in the in the technology sector because i t itself it's the same no matter where it is in the world yeah
0: no and you, you touch on some really great points uh, so when we go into culture, so what can as a candidate what can a candidate do to prepare for you know, you talked about local culture. So what are some of the things that you feel will really help them understand local culture so they'll be more successful when they're sitting across the table from a hiring manager?
2: Yeah, I mean, definitely, as soon as a new, I mean, newcomers, uh, definitely start building your network before you arrive here, start interacting with people over here. And, and, and 100% for sure, after you arrive here, when you're on the ground, start assimilating yourself into the local community, whether that's social groups, uh, meetup.com is a great platform where you can sign up and it's, it's pretty much free, the sign up is for sure free
1: mm-hmm. uh, and
2: most of the, most of the meetups are, are usually free over there as well and start connecting with people in, in your industry and you, you can start you know, attending those social events and uh, again, assimilating yourself into the local culture see how people uh, kind of interact with each other and uh, that'll give you an idea and, and, and help you start adapting to how things might be different uh, or not so different at all as well yeah, and actually, so this is really – and, you know,
0: Connell and I, you know, we're, we love this topic because I, I know from a lot of newcomers' perspective, it's a big barrier. You know, people yeah. keep telling them they don't have Canadian experience. And it's not so much not knowing the Canadian experience, but really knowing how Canadian culture works and how Canadian dynamics work, especially within teams. So, you know, I, I really like how you mentioned meetup.com. Because meetup.com, it's free, like you said. And yeah. in most cases, some of the meetups, depending on which one specifically, uh, are zero to very low cost, like 10 to $20. And I, and I really like how you mentioned go to industry-specific meetups. Yeah. So even going, and I don't know if you, you'd agree with this, but even going to associations' um, websites and finding out if they're hosting events and then going as an attendee. Right. Or even yeah. volunteering for those events would really build up and, and a it builds up your network, but it also gets you uh, assimilated or familiarized with the Canadian culture. Right. So yeah. Yeah, I, I really liked how you, know, you mentioned that because that's I think it's really important that people realize that they really need to throw themselves into it in order to fully understand it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And if I could just add one more thing is that I, I guess the major challenge that every job seeker faces at the, at the especially newcomers is obscurity, right? Nobody knows. Like you might not have a network here. Nobody knows you. Uh, nobody knows what you did or, or, or all your previous accomplishments. So you need to get out of obscurity as soon as possible, which means attending those types of events. And you mentioned a great one as well, volunteering. I mean, that's a great way to give, give and uh, network with the right people as well. Yeah. And so,
0: from and I'm I'm gonna touch on this just for a quick second. Volunteering experience on a resume does it does it matter to you? Like, does it help you? You know, want to push somebody forward, or or doesn't really have any any weight when it comes to experience? Uh,
2: that that does depend, John. Again, uh, again, we get our requirements and criteria from our clients. So uh, if if the volunteer work is related to uh, their profession and what our client is looking for, I mean, certainly, yeah. I mean, then that would count. But if it's not related. Uh, probably not. Okay.
0: No, that's really good. Cause I know a lot of organizations today, especially the bigger ones are very involved in volunteer and community type events. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, they might be, it might not necessarily be a requirement, but it's definitely something that's an add on and something that would support you, uh, you know, being a better fit for that organization and the things that they do.
2: Yeah. So,
0: so this is great. You've given us some really, really great information. Uh, I just want to make sure, you know, as far as a candidate going into the it field, you know, they're, they're very specific They're They've done their research, they've done their preparation and actually, and I want to talk to this just for a quick second. I know we're, we're coming to the end of our podcast here, but uh, you know, people who reach out to you directly and I, you know, at the end of the show, I'm sure there's going to be a number of people that are going to reach out to you because you're a recruiter and you can actually help them find work. What are you looking for when, when people reach out to you on a social channel like LinkedIn?
2: Yeah, I, I, and you're, you're absolutely right. I do have a lot of people reaching out to me, John. And I, I'd say the, the, the greatest suggestion I have is, you know, definitely formulate a complete message when you're sending it out. Uh, what you don't want to do is say, you know, keep your message at high or how are you or, or how is your how's your day going or something of that sort. It's fine. It's completely fine to ask those questions, but make sure you add more than just that. Don't leave your message at just those types of questions or, or those kind of, kind of statements Ah, uh, put in some information that uh, regarding your background, what you're doing, uh, how we how we know each other, have we met before, uh, how did you find out about me, and uh, what your current situation is, and, and and what what exactly you need help with, and if you have specific questions, be sure to ask specific questions, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, because it's it's uh, it's very generic if you say hey, I need help with my job search, can you help me? That's a very broad question uh, because there are various aspects of the job search, obviously. So uh, have specific questions if if you're looking to ask specific questions.
0: Yeah, so this is good, because, you know, and we get this too, both Connell and I, people asking yeah. us for jobs. What are the likelihood, and, and I want to get this clear, and I want to make, this, make <laughs> this very well known to our audience members, you know, definitely don't do this, right? And yeah. people will come out and just say, hey, I need a job. So what do you do with those messages when somebody comes out to you directly and just without saying anything else, I need a job, please help. What do you respond with?
2: Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Wow, you really put me on the spot there.
0: Right? <laughs> yeah, well, but this is, you know, as recruiters and people who are out there providing content, and you do it through your yeah. videos, you, you give a lot of, you know, really good information. It's part of the reason why you're on the show, because yeah. you have a lot of good, valuable information that you're sharing with people, and it seems like they're not listening to any of it. So, <laughs> but it, not everybody, you know, there, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a whole bunch of people that actually follow it, and they follow And those people get hired a lot quicker, right? Because now they're doing the right things, not just going out and say, hey, give me a job, give me a job, give me a job. It's like going to, you know, somebody on the street and saying, hey, can you give me a hundred dollars? Yeah. Like, who are you? Right. So, so what do you do? You know, just, just so people know, you know, when they reach out to recruiters and say, I need a job, can you help me? Or I need a job, please give me a job. You know, what do you respond with?
2: Yeah, I mean, what I what I try to do as much as possible, John, is to take some time to like educate uh, such individuals when they when they reach out. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not always possible, uh, obviously, because of sometimes my workload does get a little a, a bit heavy. Uh, but when when it is possible, I certainly do try to respond to those messages and just educate them on, uh, you know, th- that 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 statement and ask just coming out and asking for a job. It's a very generic and broad statement. Uh, firstly, I don't know anything about your background. Uh, secondly, I don't know what kind of job you're looking for. And, uh, you know, there's absolutely no concept either. Like, how, do we know each other? Have we spoken before? Uh, none of that. So, so that's what I mean when I say, so, so my suggestion is to usually write a complete proper message. Mm-hmm. Uh, who you are, uh, how we know each other, if we're connected, and uh, what exactly you need help with. And that will help provide the recruiter or whoever it is you're, you're, uh, uh, you're, you're reaching out to with uh, how, how they can help or, or whether or not they can help or, or if not, direct you to the right person. Yeah,
0: no, that's great. And that's a, it's a great point, really narrowing in and being specific with your ask and knowing. But that means, you know, you've done your, your research, you're proactive yeah. in your search. And, you know, you even, it's in your title, right? It's, you know, be proactive in your search, be proactive yeah. in the work that you do. This way, you're, you're coming to the table more informed, better educated and actually providing value. And that's, mm-hmm. to me, I think is the most important thing. Exactly. So, Dean, if if people wanted to to get a hold of you or connect with you, where could they go?
2: Yeah, so I'm I'm very active on social media, uh, uh, so you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can search for for my uh, full name, Dean Kulawira. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter, and I've got a Facebook page as well. So you can you can connect with me with you know, on any, any of those platforms. Uh, I'm usually very responsive. And uh, if you have any questions, any way I can help you whatsoever, if you want a a perspective uh, from a recruiter's standpoint, certainly feel free to reach out to me. And if you're in IT, certainly let's connect. And I'm pretty sure I I should be able to help you at some point. That's
0: excellent. So thank you for that, Dean. I'll make sure to include those links in the show notes. So it's just, uh, you know, you just go to the bottom of the show notes and and click on the links and you can connect with Dean directly. So, Not Dean, th- thank you again for, for being on the Zero to Hire podcast. I know you've given us some really good information. I know the candidates are going to walk into a conversation with somebody like yourself, better prepared. And, you know, in most cases, more likelihood of getting a job sooner. So thank you again for, for being part of our show.
2: No, it's been a pleasure, John. Thanks so much for, for inviting me. I really enjoyed it. And, and uh, again, kudos to uh, you and Connell for p- having this show on. Uh, it's a great service to the community thank you greatly appreciate it
0: and uh yeah and we'll definitely stay in touch and make sure that we get that information from you know from our client from our listeners over to you and i'm, I'm sure i know that we'll, we're going to have several listeners reaching out to you after they listen to this
2: absolutely sounds great john thank you
0: Yeah. so thank you all right everybody that is it for this episode of the zero to hire podcast catch you next time Thank you for listening to the Zero to Hired podcast. Make sure you check out our website, www.zerotohired.com and download your free resume template that's proven to get results, complete with examples and guidelines. Make sure you tune in as we interview leading industry experts who provide tips and strategies to help you get the career that's right for you.